I think we do. Um, I think we have the quarterbacks. You know, uh, inevitably, you know, you, you we cut our teeth in this profession in, in various ways. Mine was at the quarterback position, worked my way through to, to being an offensive coordinator than being a head coach. So I know the value of the position. I think we recruit specific traits. I think both these guys have those traits and other guys on our roster. So I think we've got a chance and, and we've assembled some really good people around the quarterbacks on our roster. So I think we got a chance to, to do some things uh, you know, from a special standpoint on the offensive side of the ball. Am I on? There we go. What a day. Jeez. <laughs> God, what a, what a start. What a day. Um, a, a fascinating how this whole thing unfolded, uh, unfolded with the Texas quarterback situation, Tyler. I'm, uh, I'm operating all day basically on the sum- assumption as I saw it play out on Twitter and everywhere else that Hudson Card is the quarterback and the meltdown. First thing. Yes. First thing I wrote on the rundown sheet today was the name Hudson Card at the very top in my big, bold, terrible handwriting, (laughs) Hudson Card. That was it. And before the show even starts, it's totally scratched off. Unbelievable. What do we make of that? What happened? uh, Just uh, just people trying to get out over their skis and say Hudson Card has won it because there was never really any rumor of separation? No, I think that that report was real, man. I, I, I think that they went they, they all the way through the spring and the summer. They've had enough scrimmages and practices. I, I actually believe that Hudson Card was right there with Quinn Ewers, potentially even better. And I just don't think it's a coincidence, man, that that's what took over social media last night. And then the very next day, a decision is made for the other guy and Sark doesn't even address it to the media, so he has to answer questions. He tells the SID, and the SID basically just relays it on to the media. I, I don't, like, maybe I'm missing some. I don't think you ever see that. It's the quarterback announcement. It's the biggest offseason announcement for Texas football outside of B. John Robinson getting into the condiment game yesterday. I mean, this is a huge decision for Texas, and the head coach just passes it to the SID, and the SID tells the media, nah, man, something fishy going on here. Well, yeah, I, I don't know I don't know exactly what it is. Who was the person that uh, like first reported that it was going to be Hudson Card yesterday or last I night? I think it was Jeff Ketchum of orangebloods.com is who it was, <laughs> which he's 0-1 already, which I love. <laughs> okay, um, so that's what started the firestorm. The meltdown, uh, the the meltdown came after that, and then is your theory that Sarkeesian sees the meltdown, or people around the program see the meltdown and name yours? Like, why would? How could it be that one night it's one guy and the next day it's someone else? Because of what I've been telling you all offseason. Like, we were sold on this quarterback battle. Dude, there was never a quarterback battle. They paid for Quinn Ewers. All of the hype and expectations and excitement after a 5-7 and seven team last year. That no, was all about Quinn that. Ewers and two other players. But what I'm saying is, is that the moments 
where all these rumors, and I think that they were just rumors that he was going to be named the starter because maybe he's looked better in practice. This had to be the time where Sark comes out and just says, I'm squashing all that. I don't need any more drama than there already is. I'm just going to go ahead and name what we already knew back in February. Quinn Ewers is going to be the starter. Okay. Yeah, well, I, I guess the most likely scenario here is that Ketchum screwed it up. Uh, I don't know where he gets his information, but someone gave him bad info. He ran with it, and what you have is a, a full meltdown, and I, I, I don't know. It's it's just another – it's just another thing in the long line of Texas. Not necessarily screw-ups. I guess I can't necessarily say that it was it was uh, the football program that messed this up. But, my goodness, stand out there, talk about it, at least give a couple of sound bites as to why you came to the conclusion, own it, and then we move on, right? But this just adds a level of uh, awkwardness. Uh, suspicion, everything else to it. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, look, I, you you could definitely be right. I mean, maybe it's just Jeff Ketchum took an L on this one, and he had bad information. But at the same time, like, they had an open practice, what, two nights ago that was open to the media, and I think it was maybe open to the fans as well. And, yes, it's just one practice, but the thought was coming out of that practice, like, oh, yeah, like, after seeing these guys up close, it – I mean, there isn't a guy that's really separating himself from the pack. So they at least got to see it with their own eyes. It wasn't just they've got shut out of practice this entire fall, which I think is interesting. But, no, man, it's it's totally Texas. Like, they can't have a quarterback competition without it being filled with drama and leaving us wondering, is the announced quarterback today really the best quarterback on the roster? It's so Texas, It's it, it hurts, man. Hmm. It's it's golly, it's wild. It, mm. The whole situation is wild. Um, I don't know. It's funny. I just looked at the, that one dude, catch him his Twitter, and he says, "I might have to have a fist fight with a few sources today." <laughs> I wonder if they I just, bet he's getting trolled so hard in the in the replies. I need to pull that one up. I wonder if they just if someone just melted him as a. Like, if he's done something up there that's bad and they just wanted to melt him, and it's whoever it was gave him the wrong info and let him run with it. But, I, hey, regardless, uh, this is a very strange way to to handle your, your quarterback announcement. Weird. It's it's the most Texas thing of all. Can't even, can't even name the starting quarterback properly. Yeah, I, I I know. I mean, that's just it's par for the course, man. We we shouldn't have expected anything else. Uh, text line: Brian says, "I know we don't like Texas, but I just kind of feel for Hudson. Hudson Card, I think, is going to get his chance to start this year. Uh, I don't, I don't think it's over for Hudson Card here. At some point this year, and it may be even as soon as October, he's going to get a chance to show that he was actually the best quarterback on the roster. I just." Man, I don't see Quinn Ewers being the starter from game one all the way through game 12. Hmm. I, I, I think it's very similar to last year where they play multiple guys. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of expected that 
Hudson Card would win the starting job and you let him go out, you know, beat Monroe and then just get pounded by Alabama. And then the second half when the game has been decided and Alabama's got their two and three deep in, you put Quinn Ewers in, the freshman, and see if he can move the ball a little bit, find a spark, and then hopefully that's your justification for making the switch. Like, that's how I really expected it would go down. Like, I, I didn't think that they would start a freshman who in his second game is going to face the juggernaut, Alabama who's going to be really, really good, massive favorite to win the national championship in his second game because he could go out there and just all of his confidence, if there is any, just gets totally flushed down the toilet. So that's why I thought that Hudson Carter would get the start. They'll let him go dive on the grenade and then bring Quinn Ewers in after they get hammered by Alabama. It was a sound theory. It really was. But, you know, we had a question a couple weeks ago on the text line asking, are NIL deals going to influence who actually gets the most playing time or who starts? And we theorized at the time that, yeah, we think in some circumstances that can actually be the case. Don't know that for sure, but this situation could be a prime example of that. That Quinn Ewers may not be the better player, but because of NIL and how much they pumped to him from the donors that it was demanded all along that he was going to be the starting quarterback. I'm just saying I can totally see that scenario playing out here. Maybe here's here's my thing. If I had a job that paid me, you know, above five million dollars a year, I don't know what Sark makes. Don't care. But I in in my like reputation is on the line, and how I run my program is on the line, and whether or not. I'm a, a good coach or just a, another another guy, another bad hire. If all that is riding on quarterback, which a lot of it is, I, there is no way that anyone who has a kid signed to an NIL deal, a regent, a, a big donor, there is nobody that could convince me to play a worse player at quarterback because of of the of an NIL deal because he's a highly ranked recruit any of that there's no way true i refuse but to believe that that's what's happening i just can't i and i grasp and that. I, I agree with that but i think that there's one certain situation where that could be the case and it's the school that we're talking about here hey hey what you said i mean it's sound logic it is but we're talking about Texas here. So sound logic kind of goes out the window. Right. Well, I, if, if there's shenanigans or there's something going on, it won't take very long. And, you know, my theory on Hudson Card, I, maybe this is the opposite of that. Maybe this is – maybe this is – you throw the freshman out there and let him get hammered and say, see, he's not ready yet. We're going with Hudson Card. Because if you just look at the responses to what happened whenever people thought Hudson Card was the starter, you're, you, you can avoid that meltdown by 
letting him go out there and throw five interceptions against Alabama. Which yeah. is the only um, good thing about having Alabama in that second game where you're going to get pounded is you can use it to carve out the narrative that you want if you so choose. Brian Davis, who covers uh, the Longhorns for the Austin American Statesman, here's what he tweeted out about the situation today. How this came down today was odd. Texas brought three players to interviews. Then, just out of the blue, Texas SID John Bianco said he had a message from Sark. Quinn Ewers is the starter. You could have heard a pin drop. Wow. (laughs) That's just so odd. That the biggest story for them in the entire offseason, Sark was like, "Hey, John, um, yeah, uh, yeah, just go ahead and tell those guys that um, that Quinn's going to be our starter, if you could, please. Thank you." Who knows what he's actually going to speak about his massive decision that he just made? Huh? And no one like that's all that you've got from it. There's no follow up. There's that's no it. story. There's nothing there. I, and I haven't looked further than, you know, just that. I, but I, I think that that's the end of the story is the SID said he's the starter. I'm sure there were some questions about it. And the SID stood there and said, hey, guys, I don't know. He just told me to tell you guys he's the starting quarterback. He'll, he'll talk at some point. Right. Huh. I don't know. So is this the thing that Quinn Ewers was talking about, big things to come? Big things coming. Or he said something's coming. He must have called it. Or – He's going to join Bijan Robinson in the condiment game, or should I say Bijan Mustardson? Maybe Quinn Ewers is going to release a catch up today. Well, I don't know. Maybe so. I don't know. I that's the only thing that uh has happened today so far for him. I mean that would be that would be it, but I don't know. I it's awesome. I love it. I love that everything that happens has a little bit of disaster all over it, right? A little bit of, I just can't, can you imagine, or have we seen, and I I don't know this, but my hunch is most, most legitimate coaches on a decision like this announce that either at a press conference or through a big release, like there's, this is a huge announcement that everyone's been waiting on. You don't just leak it down to the SID and oh, by the way. I just can't – I've never seen any legitimate head coach handle it that way. I could be wrong. No. No, that, and that's what I was saying um, earlier this segment is, like that's kind of what I'm basing this whole conspiracy theory on is the way it was released today. Because that's fishy to me, man, that – Every, it was being reported last night that it's Hudson Card, and then the very next day they announced the starting quarterback and it's someone else, and they did it that way? Nah, man, something doesn't feel right to me here. Something's yeah. going on. Well, we do not know. We do not know. What's going on out there at uh, Westwood, Tyler? Man, uh, the temperatures are starting to drop a little bit, right, as we uh, start to inch closer to fall. We've got some people out on the driving range, some – People playing nine, 18 holes. So if you got an opportunity after work to come out here to Westwood or this weekend, I'd take advantage of it before uh, all your Saturdays are occupied by college football. But Westwood's been cool, man. I've been out here virtually every single Friday this summer. Um, the people out here at all are awesome. So it's it's been fun, man, to spend the last few months out here at uh, Westwood. And it doesn't have to end just because summer is coming to an end. You can enjoy it throughout the fall as well. 
Good stuff. All right, let's hit a quick opening timeout. We got more from the rush coming up. Hit us on the text line, 651 3439. We'll get to some of those text messages next. It is the rush. Live on the ref. We're the Homo Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. I'm at Westwood Park Golf Course in Norman on this fine Friday. To the Air Coverage Solutions text line we go. I was wondering when the first official depth chart comes out. Did I miss it, or is it typically the first game week? First comes game out week. the first game week. Yeah, yeah. Usually. And I think uh, what Lincoln had his press conferences last year on Tuesday. I feel like I heard that Brent's they'll be on Mondays this year. So Monday, maybe a week from Monday, we find that out. Yeah, I think I feel like uh, Monday used to be last week was the players' day off because uh, they have to have one day off. So and it was Monday. So I'm guessing that schedule has changed. And last year, we used to make fun of the oars on the depth chart. And oh, yeah. last year, it was seriously, we were, were we laughing at it that it was literally every single position on the entire depth chart? Yeah, except for quarterbacks, which I guess there should have been an yeah, oor. That, that was that the one, one where it was an oar, actually played out, but none of the rest did. Hmm. Yeah. I, I would expect it game week. And. I, I guess possibly you could get one sooner, but I wouldn't worry about that until game week. Is is there anything that you've heard as surprises on a on a depth chart that we may look at and be like, wow, I didn't see that coming? Yeah, I mean, I guess if you haven't been paying super close attention, and it might be, oh, man, it's, if not one of the biggest stories of training camp, it, it, it could be the biggest story of training camp. Justin Harrington, man. I think most people knew that he was back on the team and he got his old number taken away and he's got his scholarship taken away as well, but you're going to see his name on that death chart when it's released. And I think that's – if you haven't been paying super close attention, that's going to surprise some people. Yeah. I just – I don't know where it's going to be. He can play so many different positions, free safety, uh, cheetah, nickel. Uh, he can play – he can play all over the place. So – um interested to see where they finally give him a home maybe maybe uh, he doesn't just have one maybe they're going to move him around the entire time yeah uh, anything to you that you think will surprise people before we move on outside of justin harrington uh no not really i don't think so i, I feel like everything else is is pretty at least been talked about pretty much i guess there could be something on the offensive line that that sounds like it's a place that's been really competitive and Venables, you know, every time he's got a mic is talking about multiple guys that they really like there. So I guess how they put those those that group of five together could be a bit of a surprise. Um I guess I think D line is kind of you feel pretty good about what where you're gonna be. So I guess corner, we don't know about corner. Sure. Second I, corner, anyway. Yeah, I expect Woody Washington to be a starter. Outside of that, I I don't. I mean, there's there's other guys that have played well, and I think there's gonna they're gonna play multiple guys in games at those spots. But you know, Jaden Davis is the guy that you hear his name quite a bit. But I I honestly I don't know. Yeah, I think, yeah, you, you just said it. They're going to play multiple guys. That's definitely going to happen, especially in the first two 
weeks of the season. I, I'm going to guess they prefer to kind of nail down that second corner spot going into Lincoln. But, I, yeah, we'll see, we'll see multiple. Whoever gets announced as the second starting corner there is not guaranteed, I don't think, to start the Nebraska game. They're going to have to play well in those first two games. Yeah. That's, that's going to be a battle, as the, especially early on in the year as that goes, as that, uh, goes on. A lot of people um, are glad that you're back on Fridays now. Yeah. Some people are even uh, pouring one out for you now that you finally have to work Fridays again for the Woo-hoo! first time in several months. How's, how's it feel? I'm back, baby. I am back, and it feels amazing. I don't believe you. I think you woke up today being like, God. Because a three-day weekend is a lifestyle that I'm sure that you kind of get used to. And not to have it anymore for quite some time, that's, that's got to be tough. No, I woke up today the same way I wake up every day. It doesn't matter if I'm on four hours sleep, eight hours sleep, does not matter. Your wife waking you up at 4.30? Nope. Eyes pop open. I have a big smile on my face, and the first thing I think yeah. is, my God, what <laughs> yeah. a blessing it is to be alive. Amazing. Yeah. That, that's more believable than the, the way uh, Texas announced their starting quarterback what? today. I'm just going to tell you that. Come yeah. on, dude. Embrace it. you got to love every minute. I don't think you've ever woken up in the morning with a smile. Well, there's maybe been a few times. But most of the time, that probably hasn't ever happened. Yeah, well. Hey, I'm back on Friday and I'm loving it. We got that means football season's here, baby. What else we got? David on the text says line? I haven't heard much about Key Lawrence. Have you guys? Yeah. Uh, I think that I think Key Lawrence has had a a solid camp. I wouldn't say that he's had a great camp. Um, you know, whenever they're talking about the other safety that you play alongside of nonstop, I say they, Venables, it's got to leave you wondering a little bit, well, what about the other guy? Um, you know, and I think that there's there's a, a chance, a possibility, maybe. I, I'm not saying that Harrington is, is going to be in that role, but he can play free safety, so uh, it wouldn't shock me if at, at different points you saw him get some snaps there. So I, I think that... I think maybe they've expected him to be a little bit further along than he is right now. Not saying that he's he's been bad, but I think they're they're waiting on him to come along, which maybe he has here in the last uh, couple of, like last week or so of camp. Let me read a few more of these. We'll move on to something else. Uh, Tyler from Kellyville. Jeff Ketchum and Muleshoe probably stand next to each other when they're using the urinal. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, the whole Texas situation is like selling your truck for gas money. Makes no sense at all. Hmm. So some people are saying, move or not some people, one person. Who cares about the Texas quarterbacks in all caps? Well, come on, it's your biggest rival, and they look like morons again. I think we all care about the Texas quarterback situation. Because like every other storyline, we get to sit back and make fun of them. It's great. There's no response to that. Nobody really... I don't care about the Texas quarterback situation. You think I go home and ponder all weekend who's going to start at quarterback for Texas? No, I don't care. But that same person says, like, if we're talking about OU, who cares? They're still in training camp. We don't know anything yet. Just sit back and relax a little bit, Francis. 
All right? <laughs> We're just talking sports on a Friday. It's not that serious. Uh, well, it seems pretty serious today, all right? Uh, looking at a few of these texts. That's all right. 405-651-3439. The answer for me is no. But as the news out of Austin today, change your opinion whatsoever on what Texas is going to be in 2022. I've uh, gone on the record and officially predicted 7-5. and five. So that's, that's where I'm at. Um, I don't know what I'm predicting for their record. I haven't seen either of the quarterbacks play. Um, I, d- it does not change my opinion at all. No. I haven't necessarily formed much of an opinion yet, except for going off of what I've seen the last decade. So, I, seven and five sounds about right to me. I well, think. I, I mean, we could go game by game real quick if you want to formulate your official Texas prediction for 22. I have the schedule right here. Uh, okay, sure. Let's do it. Uh, Saturday, September 3rd, 7 p.m., DKR Texas Memorial Stadium, ULM at home, presented by American Airlines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They win that game 30-27. Alabama, September 10th, 11 a.m., presented by St. David's Healthcare. Uh, lose 77-0. September 17th, home against UTSA, presented by South Texas Ford Dealers. Win. At Texas Tech. Uh. I know. Which, by the way, can I just say while you're thinking about this one? Yeah. If it's week four and we're talking about Texas and I ask you if they're going to win at Tech, if you go, oh, that in itself is pretty an accurate description of what the rest of their season is going to look like. I, hey, I know. I, I Yes, part of that is I don't. I don't think Texas is going to be very good. The other part of it is I'm not really sure what to expect from Texas Tech. You know, they've got they got a new head coach. They've got a, a new offensive system that, you know, comes from a, a lineage that throws it all over the field. I, I just I don't know what to expect from Texas Tech. I'll give Texas the benefit of the doubt for what reason. I have no idea. Home against West Virginia on October 1st, presented by Truist. Win. Uh, neutral site, Dallas, Texas, October 8th against Oklahoma. Who's that one presented by? Nobody. There's no sponsor yet. <laughs> um, that's a loss. Uh, October 15th, home against Iowa State. Also no sponsor. Dang, times are tough in Austin. Loss. At Oklahoma State, October 22nd. Loss. At Kansas State, November 5th. Loss. TCU at home, November 12th, presented by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Win? (laughs) At Kansas, November 19th. I want to do it. I really do, but they win that game. It's going to be a close game. It will be close. November 25th, Friday, home against Baylor, presented by HEB. Loss. So you have them as six and six. Six and six. I got six. them at seven and five. And honestly, like now that we we went through the schedule together, it's like, huh, six and six does sound a lot more reasonable than seven and five. Uh, I don't know. It's tough because it's it's more it's it's more difficult because I don't know what to expect from the other the the other teams that they play. I actually, 
you just flip the Kansas State and West Virginia the games from last year and and give them a win against Kansas and I think it's the exact same uh it it plays out the exact same so that would be yeah 6 and 6 telling you man I they got five losses like you think four losses like I think Going into Lawrence, Kansas in mid-November, <laughs> I, look, I'm not saying Kansas will be a bowl team or anything, but you, that game's going to be close, man. That's going to be a close football game. I just honestly think that Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Baylor, Iowa State, and Kansas State are are better teams than them. I, not just Agreed. this coming year, but last year. Years past, like over the past decade, that's where they are. I mean, that's just kind of in the group that they belong in. They're better than Texas Tech. The weird one is TCU, though. TCU beat them like five years in a row or something crazy. So, yeah, it's just kind of what they are right now. It's – uh, and I, it, it, and we, we've got to – we always got to throw in the caveat – they haven't been a team that's gotten better throughout the season in a long time, and there could be some opt-out situation going on here. They've got as many losses as we think they do going into November. So They got better last year during the season because they lost six straight games, which I think they hadn't done in like 80 years. And then yeah. they got better at the end whenever they beat Kansas State 22-17. Did they, or did they just face the worst backup quarterback in college football history? Well, they Well... They face the worst backup quarterback in college yeah. football history. <laughs> Will Howard, 9 of 13 for 65 yards in that game. Oh, jeez. Meanwhile, everyone else threw for like 400 and 500 yards against those guys. Will Howard can't even throw for 75 yards against that awful Texas team. Tells right. you all you need to know. I know. I know it. Uh, all right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Keep the text coming on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 651-3439. Friday on the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, we're the ref, the home of Sooner fans. It's the last non-football Friday for the foreseeable future. Week from day on Friday, we'll be talking about some uh, great week zero games that include Nebraska and Northwestern and UTEP and North Texas, amongst some others. I don't care, man. I'll take it. Ready for some college football coming up in uh, eight days' time. Any uh, scuttlebutt from camp going on at OU? Is we're, what, 15 days away from kick? Oh, not really. I guess they got a scrimmage today. Um, I haven't heard much scuttle. I just – I know that the the players – there was a lot of truth to – Venable saying the next 10 days is going to be the hardest 10 days. Oh, did any of us doubt that? I sure didn't. Right. So I think they're, I think they're just got the full, of fam, uh, full effect of camp bodies going on right now. Uh, just bumps, bruises, beat up a little bit, but all good as uh, I think camp winds down. Is it, are, th- are they done this weekend with, uh, with training camp officially? I, I don't know for sure that that may be the case. I am interested in one player in particular, and I think I fall in the camp of not taking Dylan Gabriel for granted, but just kind of assuming like, yeah, he's got his resume, like everything around him. I, I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be really good this year. I haven't heard anything to go against it, but 
has that held up in training camp that OU is going to be really good at quarterback this year? Yes. Okay. Yep, that's held up. Um, I, you know, there's there's no reason to worry about anything Dylan Gabriel related. I don't think there's any. And this is obviously assuming health. All of these statements are assuming health. I don't think there's any reason to worry about offensive line, wide receiver, and really even running back, although personally that's the one I'm least confident about. But, you know, other than that, it sounds like the offense is looking really good. They're they're performing really well. I think Lebby is thrilled with the roster that he's had has he's never been able to call plays with the offense that is this packed full of talent what makes you hesitant about the running backs just we haven't we haven't seen any of these guys perform at a at a high level for an extended amount of time i We've heard Venables talk about Marcus Major. We've heard some of the offensive coaches talk about Marcus Major. And I I agree with him. I think he's an incredibly talented guy. But I have not seen him ready to perform, healthy, eligible, all all systems go for an entire season and, and have a lot of production. Haven't seen that. Eric Gray. Everyone is, is saying Eric Gray – has looked fantastic. He's he's a new back. He's he's taken that number one spot and and just run with it. Okay, but I I haven't seen it with any length in, in consistency. Last year, I think it's fair to say, and I'm not necessarily saying this is on him. I think a lot of it had to do with the system, and you know we had quarterback issues going on. There was plenty of problems on the offense last year, but. You know, he he's two touchdown guy last year for the entire season running the football. I just haven't seen I haven't seen it yet. So uh, like there's a lot of guys there that I there's I think four four you say five guys there that I'm excited about, but I ha- I've seen nothing concrete enough yet to just say that we're good at running back. They're going to run the ball well the first two games. Um I think a true test of how much better they are running the ball is going to come. It's going to come week three against Nebraska, which last year they ran it for what? 35 times, 194 yards against Nebraska, five and a half uh, yards per carry with a couple touchdowns. So, I mean, that was pretty good. They outrushed Nebraska by about 100 yards, but that's, that's going to be a pretty good little measuring stick with how far along this offensive line has come. And. I mean, if they run it for over 200 yards, they got better than a five and a half yards per carry, and that passing game is what I think it's going to be. That's the situation where Nebraska could find itself on its heels quite a bit. Yeah, especially if when OU goes fast. But that that is going to be a test offensively, week two. Right. I Mitch, mean, if Nebraska is going to be good at anything, I, I'm going to guess it's going to be defensively this year. Right. Not a surprise, but the Thompson kid was named starter at Nebraska so um but like you pointed out with Crawford out they're going to be lacking for for playmakers at least guys that that we know a lot about I'm sure there's going to be some some names emerge for them but 
I'm glad we get to scout them a little bit early, see what it looks like there on the, the, the first week of college football. And you get to scout UTEP. They yeah. think they might get a sellout at home in the Sun Bowl against North Texas next weekend. I know you you'll go. be rooting for Seth Luttrell in that game. That's right. That's absolutely right. Well, uh, do you – so you don't feel as, as sketchy about running back as I do, right? Um, no, but at the same time, I mean, that's, that's fair that no one has really done it consistently at this level. I think that you can look back at years past and say that someone emerges. I mean, Rodney Anderson would be a great example of that. Trey Sermon would have been a great example of that. Like there's definitely some scenarios where you could say, well, that guy didn't have any sort of a resume and he ended up being great, a great back that same year, but no doubt. I mean, it's it's now or never for Eric Gray, though. I mean, that's that's the thing. He's not new. We've seen a lot of ball from him, and it's like, okay, you thought that you were getting this versatile big play back, and he was never that guy last year. And, you know, that's it's funny. Like, when you look at OU's rushing numbers at the end of last year, like the yards per carry average wasn't terrible for what you remember the running game being, but there was no explosive plays in the running game. And that really affected the offense last year. Well, and whether it's Eric Gray or somebody, they've got to have explosive plays next year in the run game. Uh, there is no doubt about it. Eric Gray. And Gray's, really, even in 2020, there wasn't. Like, remember, was it the OSU game in November in 2020? Yeah. Where like, they had their first 30 yard run of the year. So Something the last like two that. years, they yeah. haven't had that. Yep, yep, yep. That's right. Um, which, if you, if you look at Eric Gray's best game last year was against Oregon. Um, he had eight carries for 82 yards, 10-yard 10, 10 average. Uh, he caught five balls out of the backfield, including a touchdown. But And he had a 48-long uh, run. But this, is, this kind of plays exactly to what I'm talking about. His, his longest run all season before that was 18 yards. He had an 18-yarder against Western Carolina and an 18-yarder against Nebraska. That's it. 16 against KSU, 15 against Texas, a 12 against Iowa State. Uh, he was he was not he was not an explosive back last year, and it felt like he was always one tackler away, one guy clipping his yep. his his shoestrings away from turning something into a, a special play. And hopefully this year, here's the, here's the the one thing that's. A, I'm excited about him this year because of how good I think the offensive line is going to be. But last year, with what we pretty much unanimously agree was a poor offensive line, right, In, for Oklahoma yep. standards, Kennedy Brooks ran for 1,253 yards with a six-and-a-half-yard average. So that's kind of my – that's my – that's my hang-up right now is, yeah, it wasn't perfect last year. I understand that, but, you know, geez, we there was a guy that was really productive that, that was doing it a year ago with that same group. Sure. Yeah. Uh, we got to hit a break, but on the, other, on the other side, we'll get to all these texts that are coming in. People got some opinions about the running game. Perfect. Quick timeout, Tyler. Hanging out there at Westwood. We'll be back. All right, let's roll through as many texts as possible on the Air Coverage Solutions text line before we hit the top of the hour. Cavens Construction, bringing you this hour of the rush, CavensConstruction.com. 
the lack of big run plays is from the lack of physical play from the offense, which was a reflection of the head coach. Uh, yeah, but uh, here's the thing, though. You had a running back, Kennedy Brooks, that had plenty of big plays. He ran for almost 1,300 yards. Yeah. And he didn't uh, even play. Long- I don't, did he play in the bowl game? Kennedy Brooks, no, he didn't. That Eric Gray started that game. Remember, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and so that's what I'm saying. I, I think it's it's yeah. I agree. Not physical enough in the offensive line. Not good enough a season to go. That is going to be way better. But I'm seeing like these two guys carried the ball under the same circumstances. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Lincoln's getting destroyed right now. Greg from Lawton, it's a natural thing to not have explosive running plays when your head strength coach is also president and CEO of Kettlebell Club. Uh, Eric Gray's best game was when Lincoln Riley wasn't calling plays. True. Offensive line makes a difference, but I'm hoping strength and conditioning this summer shows and helps Eric Gray get through some of the tackles that brought him down last year. Agree. Totally agree. And he does look like he is in fantastic shape. I will admit that. No doubt. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We've got our number two next.